Hi, Jeannie Harrison. Hi, Lucy. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm so excited to do our second episode. I'm so excited also. And of the She Said What Show. Thank you very much. So tell us, let's dive into this. The last time I saw you was at in San Francisco. Yes, at we s- we saw each other in San Francisco mm-hmm. at the Consumer Attorneys of California. CAOC. Mm-hmm. And let's tell everyone, I think everybody knows already, that you won, which was Consumer Attorney of the Year 2022. I did, and it was incredible. Woo-hoo! Thank you so much. And we missed you at the awards dinner because you were... We were in the Bahamas. Oh, <laughs> well, we missed you both very, very much, you and Danny. But it was a wonderful night. It was the awards dinner, and there was an incredible video that was played of my nomination of the story of my case, which was a couple of the cases that I have on behalf of women against Harvey Weinstein and the Weinstein Company. So, so that's what you won for. That's what I won for. And so we That's will- incredible. And we actually wanted to talk about Harvey Weinstein on this episode. But because the jury hasn't come to a verdict right. yet. They're we still cannot. deliberating. Exactly. In. How crazy is that? They're I know, taking no. so long. But let's tell people because a lot of people don't know. They haven't paid attention, which is understandable. But a lot of people don't know that Harvey Weinstein is being prosecuted criminally here in, in LA. Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And so the jury's been deliberating now for nine days. And there are four different women on whose behalf charges have been brought. And so the jury starts again on Monday, and it will be its 10th day of deliberation. So we want to talk a lot about these cases in depth, but after the jury verdict. Is it normal for something like this to happen this long? You know, every jury and every trial is different. So it does happen that cases go on for a while and that juries deliberate for a while. Um, so this one, we're really hoping that there's going to be a verdict soon. That's, it's, it's insane. Everybody has been talking about, it. it's been all over the news that it's the ninth, the 10th day yeah. and just waiting until Monday and over the weekend. I yeah. mean, I really hope we can have an amazing conversation about this case on our third episode in January. So yes. we're going to leave that until then, but we're still going to talk about sexual harassment and sexual assault. Right. We're going to talk about that today because there is an important new law that's going into effect on January 1st, 2023 here in California, which revives the statute of limitations, the deadlines by which cases have to be brought in sexual assault and some sexual harassment scenarios. So we're going to dive into that because it's a really important new law. We're going to talk with Jessica Dayton, who is actually one of the original authors of this bill. And um, she is a lawyer up in San Mateo, California. So we can't talk, we can't wait to talk with her. Yeah, she's our guest today. And we're going to be talking more about that. Yes. Um, But honestly, after this, Harvey Weinstein, I think a lot of people are going to need a vacation. I think I, think I need to go back to the Bahamas because that's how I spent my Thanksgiving. <laughs> we went to Miami and then we went out to the Bahamas with our family and friends. And that was so nice and relaxing. I mean, my husband who works so hard, which yeah. is Danny Beer um, from Axe Law. I mean, it's really nice to take those vacations. It's so important. It and is. It is. The photos were incredible. It looked like your kids were just absolutely in heaven. Yes. I mean, not just them, but I was. I mean, it's really nice to take vacations. I mean, obviously, you're going to need a vacation, too. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? Well, we were able to spend a bit of time in um, Hawaii on Maui for the CAOC conference, the Maui conference. So that was great. Wait, so is that like a vacation slash work, work trip? It was a lot of work, but that's okay. We did get some snorkeling in too. So, oh, how fun. It was fun, but I'm happy to see you and I'm really happy to be doing our second Me too. show. And I can't believe we're in December. I know. And um, recently we were invited to go to the Theory Fashion Show here in LA. Okay, tell me about that. That was fabulous. We went to the Jonathan Club with my girls and it's it was just wonderful. I mean, it kicks in and starts the holiday season and we've been going to holiday parties and I can't believe... It's, it's been the busy. end of the year. It is. So we have a lot of things happening. And speaking of things, there's so much happening in the news. So I wanted to just take a moment to acknowledge a really amazing event that's happened here in L.A. Of course, we now have our first black woman mayor, Karen Bass. Yes. And so um, she just took office this week. And on her first day in office, I think it was Monday, Mm -hmm. she actually declared a state of emergency regarding homelessness here in Los Angeles. Which is insane. And I I know a lot of people wanted Caruso to win. Right. Because, you know, it's getting really ugly. Yeah. Not just in L.A., but in a lot of places. And I think those are going to be, that's going to be really hard it's a hard task to take on as a mayor coming into something like this. So I'm really rooting for her. You know, she won. And um, I really hope things can change here in L.A. because we need it. Yeah. And there are obviously lots of societal issues behind the homelessness circumstances. So perhaps one of these days we can get into a, a long discussion about all of that. Yes, um, but that's that's we're amazing. Root, we're rooting for Karen Bass. We are rooting for her. And she I'm, hit the ground running first yes. day. State I'm not of saying that I voted for her or not, but I'm just saying, listen, she's our new mayor. We, I guess, you know, I'm rooting for her to actually Absolutely. make those changes because we all live. This is our community, and we would love to eventually maybe have her on our show one day and talk to her about issues like this and see what you know what's going to come absolutely and we you know also want to make sure that people who are suffering through their own circumstances including during the holiday season here talking about the holidays um, are able to get you know some help right Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so what it's difficult because a lot of there's so many homeless people you hear about the families you hear about the people forget that the weather yeah I don't know how they do it you know, sometimes I go out and I'm running back inside the house because it's been like 36 degrees in L.A., which is I don't remember something like that happening here. Yeah. It's in, in, you know, there's so many opportunities to help others and help people who exactly. are experiencing giving back into the community. Absolutely. Giving back to the community. So there's a lot for us to talk about on that. But that's not what we're focusing on today. However, we do want to say that there is a national service, right, that is 988. And that's an important service for everyone that people can call if they're experiencing one of the things that some homeless and others, many others in society experience, which is depression and anxiety during the holidays. Yes. Speaking of news, I mean, everybody has heard the unfortunate news of Stephen Twitch Boss. He used to be the DJ for Ellen DeGeneres. And the fact that it shocked so many of us, the fact that he had a beautiful family he was known in in the industry as someone who's very successful and did something that's so shocking that you know he committed suicide in a hotel room and shot himself. 
I mean, it's unbelievable how holidays can be seen so differently to different people. Yeah. You know, I love the holidays. I'm all always cheerful, but you know, it's unfortunate because a lot of times during these moments, some people just deal with mental illness and it's different for right. them. So uh, yeah, and definitely. Lucy, the reality is we never know what other people are going through. We don't. And so it really, even just the smallest act of kindness, patience and understanding really makes a difference in people's lives. And so we, of course, like to be patient, understanding and um, helpful to others. And we encourage everybody to do the same. Absolutely. Right? Because honestly, you never know. People have to have a yeah. lot more love and compassion during these times. Um, I think always, always in general. Yeah. And it's so true. You never know what a person is dealing with, mm. what they have at home, their parents, their spouses, their kids, their financial situations. You just don't know what happens behind closed doors. And honestly, my heart goes out to his family and friends. And I mean, I didn't know him, but just seeing these videos and the things that he did, he he just burst with so much positive energy. Yeah. And it's just, you know, he touched lives of many people. So I absolutely agree with you, Jeannie. We need to, it's 988. It's a suicide and crisis lifeline for people. Um, you know, if they're not there or they need help. So that's always good to, you know, give a shout out to people who, who want that or who need it. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So, and um, then another thing on the news, Megan and Harry. Okay. Megan and Harry. Have you watched this Netflix documentary, the show they have? I haven't seen it yet. Neither have I. I have not seen it. And, you know, when Megan first married Harry, the wedding happened. It was so exciting for many Americans or for many people. Like, oh, my God, how exciting. It's like a little story, Cinderella story. And it has just gone south. Like, what's happened? Well, I mean. I don't. I, what do you think? Well, I think the conversation was really has really been about racism in um, England, and that she experienced and and he observed her experiencing, and then also at least what I have heard the conversation uh, being about was um, just how sort of uh, aggressive and negative some of the media coverage has been towards him and his mother, obviously, but Princess Jeannie, Diana, and then also. Public um, figure, Markle. Yeah, yeah, but when you're a, a when you're a public figure, you are. She was already an actress. Mm -hmm. yeah. She she was not an A celebrity. Right. 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 So you're always going to have good press and bad press. Sure. But I feel like supposedly they were leaving London because she they wanted privacy. They're starting their family. I totally respected that. And then all of a sudden, she just wants to be in the limelight. I think that's how a lot of people view it. I, I see it that way. It's like, why do you have to do all of this stuff and then bash his family? Yeah, that that's I'm like, I'm sorry. It's not just any family, but the fact that she is bashing his family. I haven't seen the well, series. Well, he is too, right? Her dad. No, no. I mean, I think Harry is too. Well, he he's contributing, but it's like, why do that? Yeah, I don't know, I don't know I about maybe that choice. We need to watch well, listen, it. Listen, listen, here's the deal. I'm not a person who would have cameras come into my home, okay? Never. And, and pay attention to everything never that say I'm never. doing. Never say never, Never say never, There you go. Okay. <laughs> All right, Lucy. I'll take that. I'll take that. But uh, they re they're really asking for it by having this show focused on them. So 
I don't, I don't know. know. It's we need to watch it. We need to have a, yeah. con- a continuation conversation we about this. We definitely don't know what's crazy. going on. on I show. feel like it's like a train, a train crash ready, oh, ready you do? now. Yeah, interesting. I don't know, but anyhow, but okay. let's go. Let's go to our topic, which is sexual yes. harassment slash sexual assault. Right. Okay. So, and so, so Lucy, I'm I as you know, this these topics are really incredibly important to me. For those of you who don't know yet. My name is Jeannie Harrison, and I have the Jeannie Harrison Law Firm, and I am a sexual harassment and sexual abuse lawyer on behalf of victim survivors. And a freaking good one. One of the best. <laughs> Thank you, say. Lucy. Thank you. And it's, it's my passion. I love standing up and fighting the fight on behalf of the victim survivors, and I love holding love, holding the bad people accountable. So um, Watch it was, out. It, yeah, and it's really important to me for us to talk about this issue. There is so much going on right now between the Harvey Weinstein cases, the um, Danny Masterson case, you know, the rape cases mm-hmm. that are going mm-hmm. on, et cetera, et cetera. So and then obviously why don't we, sexual yeah. harassment and sexual abuse and changes in the law that are coming up. So, yeah, so what shall we talk about here Let's first? define what is sexual harassment, right? So I did some research. Oh, and I just wanted to find like the proper definition of sexual harassment. So it says behavior characterized by making of unwelcomed and inappropriate sexual remarks or physical advances in a workplace or other professional or social situations. Yeah. And can you elaborate? I can. And really, you know, sexual harassment, it can come in many different forms. Sometimes it happens via instant messaging. It happens, you know, written, um, verbal, verbal, visual, and sure, but physical. and it happens when you know someone looks you down, up and down, and up and down, and then they say things about how you're dressed that day, and you know, as but women, you know what? some women like that. Well, some, yeah, but how do you draw the line? It's honestly, it's when it's offensive, it's not welcome, and it's something that you didn't at all invite so into your So it has to be very respectful, flirt. Well, yeah, I mean, like, okay, I'm going to get on my soapbox here right now, okay, because here's the deal, is that the vast majority of us are going to work because we need a job to be able to work and support ourselves and support our families, Exactly. And so we're not going to work paying attention to the vast majority of us, you know, where is there someone who is going to come and hit on me and objectify me and only pay attention to how I look and what I, I you know, perhaps can give to that person physically, Mm -hmm. right? And so it comes out of left field. This is not something that we're inviting. It's offensive. And oftentimes it's done by a supervisor who will actually condition um, a a bonus, a raise, um, something in your schedule. You want that day off? Then you need to do this for me sexually. That happens all the time. I I receive calls from potential clients every day. They take advantage of their power, right? Absolutely. It's an abuse of power. And so um, sexual harassment can happen to anyone. It doesn't just happen to women. Um, It happens to men. It happens to men, and it happens by women to men, and by women to women, and by men to men. It happens on every single combination. It's it's like every single combination. And um, and, and non-binary individuals, and it it can happen to anyone by anyone. And no, it doesn't mean that, that the person who's doing it is actually sexually attracted to you. It can just be that they are abusing their power and they're making it sexual because it is demeaning. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
So these are these are the concepts of sexual harassment, right? And it, and it unreasonably interferes with your working environment. It makes you feel like I can't stand going to work. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So let me remind everyone: we're not giving legal advice. Well, that's very important. That's that is reason, very important, and that's the reason but why we want to really talk about it in real terms. Yeah, and we want to inform. Right. So when do you draw the line? When should someone actually take action? Is it at that moment and say, "Hey, don't do this"? Yeah. Do you go report to HR? Yeah. Like, what are the what are the it's, first steps that you listen, would tell a friend? Here's here's what I say. It's all of the above, and it depends on the circumstance, right? Okay. I think that if you're comfortable telling the individual, you know, um, no, thank you, I'm not interested, uh, then you tell them that. So what Some happens people, if they don't stop? If they don't stop, then you absolutely should. Sur- and I'm not saying it just. They don't have to just take the, the refuse to stop mm-hmm. before you go to HR. If you don't feel comfortable, if it's a boss, if you feel like this is very threatening, that kind of thing, whatever the circumstances, you always have a right to go to HR and report what's going on. Um, and I do recommend that what you do is actually make a record that you have reported it. So send make an email. A record. Yeah, because you know what happens, I see it all the time, is that People will, employers will say, oh, no, she never came forward and complained because all they did was say it out loud. They didn't make a record. So make a record. So we have Karina here. We're doing an Instagram live, too. So we have people actually asking questions. Oh, great. Yes, ladies. We have a question from Contraband Makeup. Has Jeannie ever represented men in a sexual harassment case? Oh, that's a great question. And I have represented men in sexual harassment cases. So, um it's like I said, it happens to everyone. Exactly. So, so if, if it happens at work, right, you report it. What happens? Okay. We talked about it's your boss. You go report it. What happens if it's a colleague? Yeah. So if it's same thing, yeah, same thing. It really is. And so some people who are on the receiving end of this kind of inappropriate conduct, they feel very comfortable Mm -hmm. being, um, you know, sort of confrontational with the person who's doing it and saying, you know, that's not cool and leave me alone. I'm not into that. Other people don't feel that comfortable or confident to be able to say it that way because of whatever power dynamics going on, right? Mm -hmm. And so you do have a right. It's according to California law. You have a right to go and report it, right? And then an employer is supposed to take immediate action and do a full and fair immediate investigation. Mm-hmm. Those are the rules. They're going to be posted in your workplace. You can go read those rules. And um, so and, let and me ask them. you this. Yeah, let me ask you this. Many women and men are probably afraid of saying something. Yeah. Right. It's always like a taboo. Like I can't say anything. This is embarrassing. Um, so if they don't want to go and say something. Like, do the, how do you how do you help someone like make them comfortable? Like you have to report this. Yeah, that is such a great question, um, because most people really do feel uncomfortable and they feel mm-hmm. like they're going to be retaliated against. Always, work, always. Right? It's if like I'm going to get fired if I say something. Yeah. Can they get fired? Yeah. So they're not supposed to get fired. We're okay. not giving legal advice, yeah. but this, we're talking like we're talking to a girlfriend, right? right? And you can, like I said, you can see these rules. They're supposed to be posted in your workplace according to California law. Okay? So you cannot be fired for reporting. You're not supposed to be fired. harassment at work. But if they take action against you instead of taking action to protect you and take care of the problem, investigate and take care of the problem. So if you do get fired. If you do get fired or demoted or something like that that happens as a result of you reporting, then 
you know, that's probably against the law. Okay. I'm that not means, giving legal advice on specific that means situations. Get yourself an attorney <laughs> if it's not Jeannie Harrison and take action. Yeah. But and here's the deal, Lucy. Your question was super important about how do you become comfortable or how do you get people comfortable? Yeah, because but I know I've is, had experience with girlfriends and I've seen it. And it's kind of like, you know, when you're young, you're like, oh my God, we're going to get fired. If you say something, what do you do? Do you avoid walking the hallway where he is? Do you go around? Like, you know, yeah, I know. I've had that experience before. I've had several experiences before on stuff like that. So what do you do? Yeah, so that is exactly what you're talking about is exactly what goes through everyone's mind who's going through this. Always. How to change their own conduct to avoid the sexual harassment from confrontation of of like bumping into that person at the workplace. Dealing with them them and it's a boss or it's another coworker. And so what happens is eventually right? Because mm-hmm. it's just, it's so unfair that we have to change our conduct because of their wrongful conduct. It changes the whole dynamic it, of your perception it ruins, of like, it ruins I don't want to go to work. It ruins the job. Oh my God. It, yeah, I know. Yeah, Can does. I tell you, I've, ha- I've experienced it I before. Know. I've experienced that before. Have you experienced that before? Absolutely. Would you love to share a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I experienced it all the way going back to even unfortunately when I was a kid, and oh so, gosh. and in my first job, I mean, I was working. Your first job? My first job, girl. I was like 17. Oh my gosh. And I was sexually harassed by two lawyers that I worked for. Stop it. No, I'm serious. How old were they? Oh, they were old. Like, I mean, younger than I am now, but old. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But they were much older than I was, and it was incredibly uncomfortable. Oh, I my mean, God. And Did you want to you know, even go them, to work? Wait, well, you were 17? I was 17. You were working at a law firm at 17? I was. What were Come you doing? Because I am I am. Don't tell me you person. passed the bar at 16. No, I was in college a couple, for a couple of years already, but I was working for a law firm. Wait, a couple of years? Yeah, a couple of How years. How old were you when you started college? I had just turned 16. So, um, so, but. What? Yeah. 16? 16. So my son is already so behind. He's 17 and he I always tell college. my kids when our kids were were still in high school, I said, "When are you going to get a mortgage?" Because that it's taken a while here. So, no, seriously. So, but you I'm were that working person. at 17. I was working at 17 and, and what was one the of the first lawyers came up. I mean, he kept making comments to me and I had no idea. Like Sexual what kind of comments, comments and like Mm, you look really good and then do you have a boyfriend and I bet you do and I bet you go out with him and that kind of stuff okay (gasps) and everybody we've heard this right you've heard these kinds of comments and then he came up and he was working late one day and asked me to stay late working (gasps) and so then he came up and he hugged me and grabbed he grabbed my rear end (gasps) and I was seven Lucy I'm dying I had shocking. I couldn't believe that. I want to say shocking and not shocking. That is horrible. Yeah. As a 17 year old, I cannot even imagine. What did you do when he did that? I just tried to get away from him and then I left and then I had to quit the job. And I tell you, that was one of the circumstances where I had no, I had no power. I had no idea what to do. You were afraid probably of telling Uh anybody and you quit on your own. Oh, I had to quit on my own. And then it just kept going. You know, in law school, it happened, oh and et cetera, it. et cetera. Why? So it happens Why? Why? so much. So this is the thing. What do we do? I mean, we have to get to the point, honestly, we have to get to the point where we are saying inside of ourselves, I can't, won't tolerate this anymore, and I have to make a change. 
and I am going to go report this individual because I want to make sure yeah. it doesn't happen to other people, yes. right? Yes. I want the employer to do something. Maybe we this job to, is already ruined exactly, for me, but, but people, I want to prevent it from happening to somebody else. People need to know. Yeah. You need to report this. You can't quit your job. Yeah. You can't Many run people. away from it. You need to actually confront it, voice yourself. And, you know, be brave enough to go and report it because that's one thing that I, too, was afraid. I was like, I don't want to do this. I'm going to lose my job. So, Lucy, what got you to the point where you decided to go report it? So I was working at a TV station, okay, and everybody was, everybody behind the camera was in production was a male, Mm -hmm. okay? Our producer was a male, our director was a male, and, um... When you work as a reporter, as a journalist, you have your own contacts. Like you, you build your relationship with your celebrities, and whenever they're in town, they'll call your the publicist or the celebrity themselves will let you know, like, hey, I'm going to be in town. You know, do you want to come and interview me? So, our uh, there was a male journalist that was in cahoots with the producer, and he would always torment me because I would say, like, I have this interview coming up. This celebrity's coming in town. And then the producer would say, oh, well, s- your colleague already told me that he has that interview. Mm. And I'm like, he doesn't How have does that interview. That? Yeah. That's not true because the celebrity reached out to me. Right. How is it that he has it? Well, he does. And he was lying Oh, because he just wanted to give it to the other one. So then he started to say, well, if you want to, because in order for us to go do the interview, I have to have an okay by him to have a cameraman, uh, have somebody else. So it was like a here's power. Here's where the abuse of the power, power comes in. And it was frustrating for me. And I was like, that's not true. They're, they're ganging up on me. You know, this is horrible. And I would tell my my colleague, female reporters, like, the producer's doing this to me. And they're like, oh, my God, you have to, like, stick up your guns. But we were always afraid, like, we can't go to HR. It didn't happen. I didn't realize what was coming. Right. He was building the circumstance for me oh. to ha- to be bent over for him. Oh my word, Lucy, I can't so even imagine. Then, so then, you know, when he he would start to tell me, "Well, if you want if you want to do the interview with so the celebrity, then he would say, "Let's go out to dinner." Oh. Point blank. And I there was it like, is. "Then there I it was is. I was like, "What are you talking about? Dude, I have a kid. I'm in a relationship. What's wrong with you?" Like I would tell him Point blank, like, I'm telling you, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Like, how rude are you? Uh, like, for me, I found it to be rude. I'm like, how dare you talk to me that way? Right. So one day, I was doing an interview of this celebrity. And, you know, as a reporter, you go out, you know, you are you cover concerts. You're out until 2 in the morning. You have to go back to the station, edit your piece. So... I was like, oh, my God. I was so uncomfortable with my producer after that. I was like, how dare he talk to me that way? Mm -hmm. And I had this interview scheduled with a celebrity, and I was in a green room waiting for the celebrity to be done, and then he was going to come in. And I was there with my cameraman, who at the time was a really good friend of mine. He was very respectful. Until this day, we're really good friends. So we were there, and somehow someone pulled him out of the green room and told him to go somewhere. I don't remember because I was prepping my questions and doing things that I have to do for my interview. So he left and I was in the green room by myself. And guess who walked in? Oh, Lucy. The producer walked in. I'm like, what are you doing here? Yeah. He had no reason to, to be there. He he should not be on the field. Like, I'm like, so shaking. So what happens I'm next? shaking because it makes me so mad. I'm I, like, so I think sorry. about that. So I was like, 
producers, you have field producers, but he's not a field producer. He's the main producer of the show. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he he's supposed to be at the office during the day. And we're talking about like midnight. I'm like, what are you doing here? How did you get access here? He's like, well, I'm here. Aren't you happy to see me here? I'm like, no. Yeah. Like, dude, I'm about to do an interview right now. What the hell are you doing here? And Lucy, you're being as direct I as was. you possibly I could was. be with him. But I, I didn't know but I had to go to care, HR. Did he? he didn't. He was fierce. Like, yeah. he knew what he wanted. Yeah. I was like, what the hell, dude? You, I thought we were you friends. Weren't, you weren't about to change his mind about no. what was going to happen. So he was in the room, and I was trying to tangle with him, like, make, making sure not to be cornered by this person. So finally I got, I had papers in my hand and I put them on the table and I was like bending like in a very, not like just natural way. And then suddenly I felt lips on my back. Oh my God. Like when someone is kissing you. I was like, (gasps) oh, I was like, oh my God. And I pushed him (sighs) and I'm like, what are you doing? I was so mad and I couldn't get mad because I was trying to focus on what I was going to do with this celebrity. I was fuming. I was disgusted. Oh, I was so, and then that I started puts doing you in that. Such a terrible place it's as a situation. professional. He was trying to pin me, yeah, because he knew where I was going to be, right? And I was so mad. And then I left the room immediately because I was like, right. I can't be in so this room. Did so you then I found it? my, I yeah. found my cameraman, and I was, I told him really quickly, like, oh my god, you're not going to believe what happened. And he was like, dude, this is horrible. You need to report it. I was like, oh my god, I don't want to get fired. And I held on to it. And then at the time, I was with my husband. Mm-hmm. And I had told him. I was so embarrassed to tell him. I said, I'm so embarrassed to tell you this. But I feel like I don't know what to do. And it took a long, like a couple of days for me to kind of like tell him. Yeah. And he's like, report to this thing. HR, nobody can't do this. He what? He did this. And, and, and I did report it. And he got suspended. But it was a good for you crap but show. It yeah, was like and look at how much it affects you now. It even does. to think Just about it and talk about, about it. it. But it, you know, throughout my life, yeah. I've experienced so much of it that this was kind of like, whoa, yeah. And and I understand what you mean because I did that. I avoid hallways. I avoid meetings. I I was like trying to run away from it. But right. you should not run away from it. You, you sh- need to voice up. You need to go report it to HR. You've experienced it at the time. You didn't know. No. I was embarrassed to say it to anybody. But you know what? I absolutely, I mean, there were other occasions in my life I reported it. There was one time in law school, I went and studied in Oxford for the summer. <gasps> and I, in England? Yeah. And the Oxford dawn. I mean, I was spending a lot of money and my whole summer there to study comparative jurisprudence. Oh my God. And the Oxford dawn would just sit there and talk to me about his, what the, the, the sounds that women make when they're having sex. He did not say, what? Oh, yeah, the female sex sounds. Yeah, I mean, I can't even do the accent, right? Was this like an anthropology class? No, it was just a law class. But it was, this is what he did, right? And so I reported him. I reported him to the dean of law school, and he was never hired again. He was never hired again by our law school. By our our law school, that's right. Wow. And so you have to, it's really scary. But that's the point, is you do, you have to go confront it. So Please be brave. Think about it. It's you or him. You cannot let him or her make you change your life, your job, your feelings. Lucy, the reality is that is that unless people are held accountable, change is not going to happen. That's horrible. And our careers, our professions, our jobs, 
our lives should not suffer because of the sickness and the wrongdoing of other people. Mm -hmm. So we've got to join together and stand up. And that's why I'm so excited to talk to our guest today. Right? Yes. So she is Jessica Dayton. Yes. And And so tell us a little bit about her because obviously she's amazing. She's passed. I I can't say passed a new law. She's created a new law. Well, you know, she is really the architect and author of a very important new law here in California that's going into effect on January 1st, 2023. Thanks to her. Yeah, thanks to her. And she's with ADZ Law. And it's the Sexual Abuse and Cover-Up Accountability Act. And so what it's going to do, Mm -hmm. just really short version here, is that it is going to revive, make it possible for people, victims, survivors, whose claims have been actually um, extinguished because of the statute of limitations. So a lot of lawyer words that we're going to explain. So what is the statute of limitations? Stat- statute of limitations is the deadline by which you have to bring a case. Okay. So that's if what your it case is. happened X amount of years, it, the law gives you X amount of years to come and claim. Yeah. And for a long time, it was a very short amount of time for which victims of sexual abuse. I mean, it was all the way to two years and one year for certain claims. And then then it's been extended wow. for other claims back in 2019. And we're going to let Jessica talk about this because she needs to shine here. Okay. What we would love to have her here. Jessica, can you hear us? I can. Hi, Hello, welcome ladies. to this. She said what show? Jessica, <laughs> thank you for joining yes, us. Yes, we know you're very busy and we're very grateful that you're here with us to actually inform and educate a lot of people of what you're doing. Right. So thank you for having me. So Jessica, I mean, Hats off to you. I wish we were in the same town because I would literally kneel and say thank you because what you've done is incredible. And and I want you to explain, you saw a problem with the law, even as has been revised as, as recently as 2019, and you wanted to do something about it. So tell us what the problem was and what you decided to do about it. Sure. And, and to, to start off, I, I cannot take all the credit. So I just have to, I have to put that out there first. Uh, it was myself and another friend and colleague, Bobby Thompson, uh, who were working together on cases who had started by uh, talking about what this problem is and what could happen. So I just want to, and then from there on, there was a whole team of uh, collaborators that helped make it, that helped make it happen. So I just wanted to be clear about that. Um, But a couple of years ago, uh, I was litigating some cases. I had filed them under the statute of limitations for adult sexual assault that was in place at the time. And that was 10 years, Uh, meaning in in 2019, the law changed to allow victims of sexual assault to file their claims within 10 years of the assault. So it could have happened like in the 80s or well, no, that's, 10 years. That was the issue. That yeah. was the issue. So Jessica, tell us about that. Right. That, that was the issue. Exactly. Um, so when I read that statute, I interpreted it to mean that it was retroactive to include assaults that happened back to, back to January 1st, 2009, meaning that the 10 years was effective 2019. It went back 10 years. And so we filed a number of lawsuits for survivors who experienced an assault during that time period. And as they were litigated over the next couple of years, uh, we saw that there were mixed 
results in the courts. Uh, we had one when it was challenged by defendants. Uh, we had one superior court ruling that upheld our interpretation saying, yes, your, your case is within the statute of limitations. And then that was overturned by the Court of Appeals saying, no, this law was not meant to look backwards. And so we saw throughout the state that courts were interpreting this, this law uh, that was passed in 2019. They were interpreting it differently. Um, so one avenue would be wait for these cases to make it through the Court of Appeals and eventually get to the Supreme Court and see what the Supreme Court thinks. A little bit risky because not sure which way they could come down. The alternative is a legislative fix, meaning go back to the authors of the initial bill and fix, fix it to be what we believed it was intended to be in the first place. And so that's, that's what we've set out to do. Wow. So that's a heavy lift. That yeah. is. Yeah. It, when did you want to change this? Like, when did you just say, I'm going to try to make this happen? Because as you were saying, Jeannie, the, the statute of limitation was what, two years? Well, yeah, it changed over time, right? But at the time when Jessica decided to take action, at that point, it had become 10 years but it was really being treated by a lot of the courts as prospective only. So mm -hmm. if the sexual assault occurred as of January 1st, 2019, then the 10-year timeline um, and deadline would apply. But then, Jessica, you decided that you'd go with the legislative fix, right? And so tell us about how you did that. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so Bobby and I uh, started brainstorming. We hired a lobbyist. Now, this law, the, the law is um, 340.16. It's been modified a number of times to Ooh, include yeah. other uh, subsections of victims and include them, uh, victims of um, physician sexual assault, police officer sexual assault. So it's been modified a number of times. And so our idea was we go in with the thinking, let's just do one more cleanup. Let's fix it. Let's stop creating carve-outs for subsections of victims of sexual assault of different perpetrators and make a kind of a one-time sweeping fix. When was the timeline? Like what, when was this? A couple this months was, ago? A year ago? Two years ago? All within, all within 2022. So we wow. caught it at the second, yeah. Wow. The second, we can't let that out. I mean, we have yeah. to. The timeline yeah. on this yeah. is unbelievable. You've done an incredible job. So, so you oh, gathered yeah. a lot of a lot of support. You worked with different coalitions, different nonprofits. Um, you want to tell us how you did that? Yes, yeah. I my um, my background is in nonprofit. I worked for a domestic violence uh, organization for uh, many years before going into private practice, and through that, I had a lot of contacts uh, both in in. Uh, advocacy in the, ad, the the political advocacy and policy work, as well as just on the ground advocacy, uh, and our idea was that we wanted the face of this legislation to be the advocates. We didn't want it to be lawyers, right? It's not about us. It's about survivors, and it's about those people who are advocating for survivors. So I first went to uh, Cal Safe, which is our uh, California. Um, statewide coalition of sexual assault, sexual assault forensic examiners. And they were behind the 10-year the statute of limitations, that legislation back in 2019. And I spoke to them and I said, 
didn't you believe this was going to be retroactive? And they said, yes, that's what we wanted it to be. That's what we thought it would be. You know, obviously it was just written in a way that was that was unclear. And so they were very um, excited to come on board and support and lend their, their name and their support to this work. And then we also worked with um, the Equal Rights Advocates, the Family Violence Appellate Project, the California Partnership to End Domestic Violence, um, Rape Trauma Services, and Valor. Uh, Valor is the Sexual Assault Coalition for the state of California. And one of the things that I was in, in, in part in terms of educating uh, legislators and, and in working towards this, we were able to capitalize both on the sexual assault community and the domestic violence advocacy community because in domestic violence cases, there is so often also sexual assault. Oh, so absolutely. there was a statute of limitation for that too? Yeah, absolutely. On domestic so violence? Really, really, well, I mean, it's sexual assault. So it's so incredibly important. And what she's talking about is really doing, as she put it, this cleanup bill so that, you know, they can go back and make that change, the 10 years retroactive. So that was one wow. incredible, and she was, obviously, their whole team was incredibly effective because it, has passed and been signed, right? How, how did that? How does that happen so fast? Oh, because first, I'm like they're, blown they're away. Fabulous, and Jessica. How, and how do you do this? Persuasive, <laughs> and it's a righteous cause, right, Jessica? Right. <laughs> yeah, it was all the the righteous indignation that we brought yeah. to it. Just you know, fueled us going forward. So that's Je incredible. Um, so Jessica, tell us though, what are the really the core key changes? Because they're kind of two main you know, sections, right, that, that you, you are all able to change together as a group. And will you just tell us what those are? Yes. Yeah. And that's really kind of the beauty of this bill. As we were working on our uh, passion project, there was another group that was working on their passion project, which was directed at the uh, cover-up part of, of the bill. And both of our teams approached the same assembly member, Buffy Wicks, to uh, to author our bill. And uh, she was interested in doing both of them uh, and said, look, you need to work together to make this one bill so that I can support it because I can't have two, com you know, two companion yeah. bills. And that's kind of it wouldn't work in terms of the way that the, the legislature works. She wanted and so it to needed do to all be of one the above. Bill. Oh my God. Yeah. So, okay. So yeah. for people who are listening, right, we were talking about sexual harassment. What's the difference between sexual harassment and sexual assault? Well, sexual assault mm -hmm. certainly is sexual harassment, right? Um, it, if it's happening in the workplace. Okay. So that's there's, just the difference. Yeah, when you exactly. have a boss over you or a colleague co or coworker. Sexual harassment under the Fair Employment and Housing Act in California is happening at work, right? And, and sexual. It can, it can also happen separately with, um, you know, work related stuff. So you don't have to necessarily be an employee. You can, you, it can be happening, for example, in the entertainment industry when. Um, the whole Harvey Weinstein situation, you mm -hmm. know, if you want to have a part, you have to, so it, it, that That's is sexual so harassment, but also sexual assault. Sexual assault is when it's an unwanted touching and sexual battery, is, the sexual yes. part is is when it's of a, essentially what we refer to as a private part, right? See, I did Brass, some research too, because I was like, yeah. how do you differentiate sexual harassment and sexual right. assault? So it's a combination yeah. kind of like, well, 
I mean, sexual assault is definitely sexual harassment. If you're at work, when, you know, if, mm-hmm. when I'm at work and my boss grabs my rear end, that is both sexual assault, as sexual battery, and sexual harassment, okay, um, from my perspective, unquestionably. Yes. So, but Jessica, tell us what is, you know, tell us about those key changes in the law and who they're, they're, they're benefiting. Who can now bring a case back to life? So- so the one aspect clarifies that statute of limitations problem I was talking about and says, yes, if you were assaulted after January 1st, 2009, you now have three years starting January 1, 2023 to bring a claim as far back as January 20, uh, 2009. So it makes that wow. 10 year statute of limitations retroactive. So for a whole host of survivors who were assaulted and who <laughs> may have even sought legal counsel and been told, I'm sorry, you're, you're past the statute of limitations or this law doesn't apply to you or it was only two years statute of limitations at the time, whatever the issue was, it now opens up an opportunity for victims who were assaulted as far back as 2009 to file a claim within the next three years. That's and incredible. Hold the bad people accountable. accountable. Good okay. job. And so then the and next portion of it. Mm-hmm. And that's and just to clarify, that's both against the individual who assaulted you and any entity that may have perpetuated the environment that allowed the assault. So that could be could be an employer, but it also could be uh, a corporation, it could be a massage parlor, it a could be a entity, housing unit, business. it could be any other larger entity as well right. that you can hold accountable. Wow. Yes. Congratulations, Ms. Jessica Dayton. I know, but but wait, there's, there's more. Work. But wait, there's, but there's more. more. Tell us. Oh my God, give it to us. Tell us more. That's incredible. So the other aspect of the bill was was focused or is focused on cover-up and accountability and focusing on those sex assaults that happened. And then an entity actively worked to silence that victim Mm -hmm. and cover up the assault, prevent them from coming forward, preventing from taking any uh, action or accountability. So it's focused on you know, again, it could be employers. That's probably the most common, uh, the most common environment, uh, but certainly not the only one. Uh, and it revives. This is called a revival, meaning or it opens a window. So for one year, starting in 2023, January 1st, 2023, for one year, if you experienced a sexual assault that was then covered up by an entity. You have one year to file a claim regardless of when that assault occurred. So that could, you could go even prior to 2009 for that. Uh, Because that part of the bill is focused on the cover-up. Wow. So that's incredible. What about the situation when there was a person who was sexually assaulted before, for example, my case, right? A prior employee, and they covered up the prior employee sexual assault. And I had no idea that there was this history in the organization. What is that included? Not specifically, um, because, well, 
That's when I, I, I want to bring the claim because I didn't even I didn't even know that there was this oh. long history. And I thought in that circumstance, maybe it was just maybe one. It was me. Yeah, just maybe you. I maybe no, but even so, or you like, provoked it, or you did something, or yeah. I blame myself, and therefore I didn't come forward. And then you were, and then you were assaulted. Right. In this, well, in yeah. this scenario. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's the kind of, and cover up has a very, you know, it is defined in the statute. It's a, um, I know we don't want to get too far in the, in the Details, legal weeds. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you do have to meet the legal standard of cover up as it's defined in the statute, but if so, then yes, there's, it, it doesn't matter as far back um, as when the assault occurred. That's yeah. so interesting. So it's incredible. You've done a fantastic job and you're going to benefit so many people. And this is, I think gonna, it's going to make, um, I, I think it's going to make a real change here in California because People are finally going to be able to come forward on their cases where they thought even even sexual harassment, FIHA cases, Fair Employment and Housing Act cases, mm -hmm. they're going to be able to come forward where they previously understood that they couldn't before. They even tried mm -hmm. and they yep. couldn't because it had been too long, which was a very short window to begin with in these cases. It shouldn't have been too long, but that's what she's fixing. Wow. Okay, so Jessica, we cannot thank you enough thank for you the so work much, that Jessica. you have done. Yes, that's You're incredible for all the victims and possibly, you know, all the people that are, you know, now are being aware of sexual assault and sexual harassment if something happens, because what they can do. Because we're talking about it yeah. openly now, yeah. whereas we weren't talking about it before as much societally. And so, Jessica, Absolutely. you were able to really take these individual circumstances where you saw injustice happening because the statute of limitations prevented accountability, and you turned this into a movement that you s went from start to finish in 2022, which is incredible. <laughs> and now um, everybody, there are going to be so many thousands of people who benefit starting on January 1st, 2023, as a result of your work and your team's work. And we can't thank you enough. Thank really. you. Thank you, Jessica Dayton. Do we have a sound, a sound effect with applause? It's called the Genie and Lucy. Yeah, it's a Genie and Lucy round of applause. And that, that, that counts for a lot. So question for you, Jessica, what are you going to do next? Is there something that you have in mind that you want to create another outlet of like law? Because I'm assuming you made this happen so fast. I would not be surprised. You have a list of, of other things that you want to focus on. Are, are we are we going to be well, saying Governor Dayton at some point? Ooh. No, <laughs> I I watching the sausage get made on on this bill was <laughs> any deterrent. If I ever had any idea of wanting to go into politics, it deterred me from from that. Um, no, it's important. It's obviously it's important work, and I have so much respect for it, but I'm an advocate. I'm a, you know, I want to be in the courtroom. I want to be fighting for my clients. I want to be getting those bad guys, you know, right there with you. And you are from <laughs> ADZ Law, right? Yes. What city yeah. are you guys located in? So we're in San Mateo, um, but I do practice uh, throughout the state of California. Um, but I think to answer, to answer your question, um, Getting the word out is the next step because we're well, here. Really, you are, that's Jessica. What you're doing. You're yes, doing you are. That today too. You're on the right track. That's yes. wonderful yes. because honestly, it's starting effective. It's effective January first. Yeah. So, so you have press day. You probably have a publicist. The, the, <laughs> that's well, going to make all this happen. Yeah. 
right? That's wonderful. Uh, no, I don't have a publicist. Ooh. I'm really just a lawyer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, this is a, this is one of the steps in on the path of getting the word out. Yes, and informing and educating. That's why people. I thought it was so important to have you join us. And I'm for really us to talk about this. Grateful, uh, actually, yeah. for you to actually take some time out of your busy day to come and inform and tell us, you know, exactly what's what's been happening in 2022. So with Jessica Dayton. Exactly. Thank you so much, Jessica. Thank we'll, you, Jessica. We'll be definitely in touch. And everybody, again, thank you again. Yes. That's incredible. Thank you for having me. Thank you. See you soon. See you soon. We'll Bye. talk to you soon. Bye-bye. That's amazing. I know. It really right? is. This is why I was so excited to have her join us and to be able to tell everybody about the work that she's done because the truth is, is that for those of us who have gone through these types of experiences, sexual harassment and sexual abuse, sexual assault, sexual battery, I think one of the most important components of healing is being able to talk about it. It's therapeutic. There, well, not just therapeutic. I mean, it actually, it, helps. it really, there is integration that happens inside. It and, does. And we, when we accept ourselves and say, you know, this person did something horrible to me, and I'm not going to let them get away with it. And mm -hmm. now have there control are of so your life many still. tools <clears throat> that people have here, victim survivors in California now, yeah. where they can hold people accountable and keep it, just like we were talking about before, keep it from happening to others, hopefully. Yeah, right? absolutely. Because it's like they have some kind of control over you still when people don't say anything, right? And some people go through counseling. Yeah, It takes years for them to even open up. Yeah. I know I did. It took me a couple of years to actually even say anything because it was just so taboo and embarrassing. And for a lot of my experiences, it took me decades. Yeah. So the whole point is we want to help Get it out others there. really just normalize this discussion mm -hmm. and understand their rights mm -hmm. and the tools that they have to be able to help themselves. We're here for you. Absolutely. Yeah. If anything, call Jeannie Harrison. Well, we're here or for Axel. you. Or Axe Law. We're here for them. So this was a very um, educated, educational, informative podcast Yeah, about sexual assault and harassment. And I think uplifting because it lets people know that they have the opportunity to do something about it. Yes. Take action. So, yeah. I, I can't wait for our next podcast. I can't wait. We're yeah. going to do this in January. In January, we're going to do the next one. And I mean- the glitter. This is like so oh festive. Goodness, well. The fashion. Look at your rock stud Valentino bag I, that Jeannie brought today in the office. And your beautiful Chanel bag. Yes, my sequins Chanel bag. You look amazing. <laughs> Thank you Great so much. Great outfit. Do you, always. You. And happy holidays. Happy to holidays you, to everybody. To everyone. Sending lots of love. And we can't wait to see you again on the next She Said What show. Yeah.